When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On the latest episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, The Other Side, we pit eight classic movie monsters against eight classic cryptid creatures to find out who is the ultimate monster of all time. Brace yourself for twists, turns, shocks, and fatalities galore in the epic that listeners are calling A Wild Ride and a wonderful and insane episode. So cross over to patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club for more info. Bigfoot Collectors Club presents Terrifying Tales from Zombie Bigfoot's Cryptid Crypt! <laughs> I know a ghost story about you! I remember being at a uh, at a network test. It was for a it was for a lifetime show. It's the one where they did uh oh god, I forget, but anyway. The, the tension was – I mean everybody was just kind of doing their own thing, as they should be, right? And then this mm-hmm. one dude comes in like 45 minutes late and he's just like – and he's like doesn't even mention that he's late. But he's like, oh, there's this great new game on this app. It's the one where you like bling it up on your head and you like – it's like a guessing game. And you turn oh, yeah. the phone down if you get it wrong. And he's like, let's play. Let's everybody play. And I'm, I'm immediately like, fuck, I don't want to play, dude. I'm like – I'm in a zone. Right, of, but of course, yeah. yeah. This guy is horrible, and right. I will yeah. say, tell me who this is after the show because he's never going to be a guest. It was on such this like podcast, it was really. so dicky, and I just felt like, oh man, what? A, but he ended up booking the part, and I was like, totally <laughs> wow, thrown, I was thrown off my game. I was like, man, what a the guy power moved to me. Yeah, I got power moved. I fell right into his trap. Name him. (laughs) I I used to, I heard that James Franco used to go to auditions reading like Camus, like just reading like philosophy books in front of everybody to psych everybody out and look deep. That doesn't surprise me. I got to tell you, I met my, my buddy did a film with him and this was early on in his career before, uh, before he really became, you know, famous and stuff and i remember sh- shaking his hand and and I, I i i there was just like this sort of energy and i was like he had so much charisma and just like a handshake and i was like oh weird it was just like uh i was like man i remembered that and i was like this guy's got a lot of potential did you guys I mean, make- we all got a lot of potential <laughs> but he just lived up to his you know <laughs> wait was this did this turn out to be a famous person or did you guys just hook up that night what do you mean? No, this was James Franco. Oh, gotcha. I missed yeah. that. Yes part. to both. <laughs> yes, yes to both. Yes, yes to obvious. both. Maybe you got to. Maybe you got to do that stuff. Maybe that's just. Maybe that's what you got to do. You got to. You got to be kind of douchey like that. But yeah. Right. Right. Well, Lord uh, help me. <laughs> everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Douchebag <laughs> Auditioners Club. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Michael McMillan. Uh, this is the Bigfoot Collectors Club. Everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode. I of course, am your ghost, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other ghost, Bryce Johnson, and our supernatural producer, Riley Bray. 
Uh, Zombie Bigfoot's Cryptid Crypt continues all month long here on the main feed and on our Patreon, the other side. To celebrate the Halloween season, our stories of high strangeness this month will focus on terrifying tales like auditioning. (laughs) There's nothing scarier than that. (laughs) Uh, Well, you heard him already. Here to celebrate with us is a man who is no stranger to delicious treats you might find during Halloween. In fact, he's famous for letting you know which treats are snacks and which are whack. Tonight's guest is a comedian actor. You know him from the birthday boys and love. He's also the future star of the movie, the tomorrow war and <laughs> co-host of the podcast, all about chain restaurants, the Doughboys. boys and girls, please give a warm club scout salute to Mr. Mike Mitchell. Yeah! Hey. Yeah! Hey guys, thanks for having me. I've 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 never had you, no one has ever said my credits that beautifully. It sounds good. <laughs> this is the <laughs> Sounds like a good ha- it sounds like I have a good resume. Not yeah. true, but the, it <laughs> sounds good it. here. You're crushing it. I mean, I'm upset that the that the Tomorrow War got renamed from Ghost Draft because it's like perfect for this podcast. I, I I was telling them that I was like, you can't change it. There's a podcast you guys got to listen to. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, but the, the, yeah, they they went. I think um, I'm not sure why they changed it, but because I liked I liked Ghost Draft. I thought it was a cool title. This is I a Tomorrow big... War is not bad either, though. That's pretty. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow War is kind of yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, I I, uh, I I don't know I don't know if it was confusing some people or or what the deal was, but. Like ghost they thought it was about a, a ghost writer just like penning uh, a politician's, uh, you know, autobiography. <laughs> I, I think I, I think maybe that I think that is the I think they did think it was like paranormal heavy and it's and it's not really that I, I, I don't I can't say exactly what it's about, I guess. But but they thought that they thought that it was like a thing where I was going to play like a ghost from. <laughs> the past i was like one of the ghosts that was drafted uh-huh. like i think that's what they like i think that's what they thought it was like maybe people who were dead that they drafted and that's that's not really what the movie's about so i think that's maybe why they they changed it up but hey also kind of a cool idea anyone out there yeah listening? i mean <laughs> no hey, us, the idea. four of Go us through. are gonna write a movie called ghost draft where they draft ghosts to play sports it's kind that's of like great. space jam ah. meets haunted mansion uh, Space Not Jam meets alley, Haunted Mansion. That, you could sell that movie. I feel like right now, Space Jam meets Haunted Mansion. Uh, yeah. that's 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 a great idea. Uh, are there any ghosts in Bugs Bunny? Are there any ghost characters? There's there's really not. Like Casper's the only famous ghost car- cartoon ghost. Am I wrong? Am I totally losing my mind? There's a there's a there's the witch. There's the, the witch the, uh, that, that yeah, kind she's of great big witch uh i forget what her name is and then as far as ghosts is there like a i feel like it's a disney short right where the, like where they're like mickey and donald like and Goofy oh, yeah. kind of go ghost hunting disney sure obviously if... is obsessed with the macabre like they yes. especially early disney like what why was walt disney so obsessed with ghosts and devils there's like night on bald on bald mountain in um mm. there yeah there's the mickey goofy and donald ghost hunters there's like the dancing skeletons cartoon well you know I, uh walt disney was very big into esoterics i mean he was a i think he was a 33 degree mason he also pulled a lot of those stories that we see in the disney films from Grimm's fairy tales so he was heavy into uh 
you know, all that type of lore and mythology. And um, I also I have I might have an explanation for it as well. Oh, yeah. He his house was in, uh, in Los Feliz, where it was the neighborhood I live in. And he was in a he was basically up in, in the, the hills kind of close to Griffith Park. And uh, d- didn't didn't Griffith himself say that that all that land is haunted? Yeah, that land yeah. is all supposed to be cursed up there. Yeah, so maybe that's a maybe that's a maybe he was living in uh maybe he experienced some paranormal stuff. I, I'm sure. I wouldn't doubt it. Well, yeah. there is a terrifying tale about Walt Disney. <laughs> this is uh from the from the Neil Gabler book, the the biography. I think it's Neil. It might be Nate. Sorry if I'm getting that wrong. But this is a really brutal story. So he built a house for his mom and dad and moved them out here from Kansas City. And it was when they were building the original Hyperion Studios where they uh, made... uh, Actually, I think they were moving from the Hyperion Studios where that Gelson's and Trader Joe's is now over there in Silver Lake. Yeah. And that's where they did Snow White. And then they moved to the Disney Studios. They built that. And Walt Disney... Uh, was building a house for his parents, and he d- he asked a couple of the workers who were w- building the Disney Studios to go over to their house and install uh, an air conditioning. So mm. a, a month later, his mom died, and oh, the coroner just decided it had been carbon monoxide poisoning and the fire marshal went into their house, looked at the air conditioning unit and went, whoever installed this did not know what they were doing. This is where the leak is coming from. So Walt Disney ended up inadvertently causing the death of his own mother. And then you have stuff like Bambi, you know what I mean? (laughs) Then you have all these like dead mothers in the, in the stories. It's so dark. So sad. That's that's I know the, that story. That's yeah, crazy. that's truly a, a a terrifying tale from Zombie Bigfoot script. Well, I think, script. I think like Michael, real you win story. the. I think you win the why Disney uh, liked ghosts and stuff. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. that, he he's all started, that, one. that all started before this, but yeah, that's a real tragedy. Um, all right, I'm going to see if I can. You know, I, th- I thought I thought the scary thing was that. They had no AC. That was the thing that was terrifying <laughs> to me. I live in LA and I technically don't have AC. I have oh like no! One, I, it's not central. I got a wall unit in one room and the living room, and it sucks. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, that's a uh, that's I I have I have a wall unit in my living room, but it 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 goes into my bedroom. But I'm in Massachusetts right now. Anyways, I'm I'm. Mm. Uh, I'm on the East Coast. Yes, so. yes, and I want to. I've got some questions for you that about that coming up. Uh, but I got which, take by the up- way, yeah, spo- the the spookiest, the spooky yes. capital of the world. Yes, yeah. I'm very excited. I got to do a quick hard pivot from dead moms to asking you, Mike, as <laughs> our chain restaurant and chain food uh, connoisseur, any Halloween treats or candies that are at the top of your list. Wow, this is a great question because just today. Um, I was in Walgreens. Uh, my mom asked me to swing by there, and I had to swing by uh, another restaurant that we were we were reviewing for Doughboys. But uh, I went to Walgreens first and and picked up uh, was going to pick up some uh, Haribo uh, gummy bears for she's she's buying for my sister's friend's kid. So I was I was going in there and I was just walking through all the Halloween candy, and I picked up a bag just for the house. And to give to kids if they come around on Halloween, but if, mostly just if like that to... candy makes it. <laughs> yes, I mean if kids even come out on Halloween, which I don't yeah, even, no I really shit. don't yeah. know. So, I got a bag of uh, Reese's pumpkins. Uh, 
Oh and I yeah. Love, I really love those Reese's pumpkins. I not I don't know how they're going to be like the like cuz these seem to be fun size maybe or you know like they seem to be made for trick or treaters but the the usually the Reese's pumpkins or the Christmas trees or the egg, the uh the uh the Easter Reese's Easter egg I really love. But as far as like trick or treating candy it's it's tricky because obviously my my when I was a kid I think I was more like starburst base I sure. guess yeah and then um I like really liked gummies but then always loved Snickers always I I always like those the fun size Snickers and and the and the Reese's but uh now probably yeah Reese's peanut butter cups and there were there were some take fives and I also got a bag of those and uh and I think I think probably more the the chocolate based Snickers, that crackle. sort of deal. What about crackle? Crackle was always one of my favorites to get. I never had a crackle anywhere mm-hmm. else but out of my Halloween bag. <laughs> crackle is crackle is a, that's a Halloween candy for sure. Yeah. Um, there was there, you know there was like the, the the Skittles that have like the weird flavor in them. That there was there was a bag of those there, but I I didn't. I tried those uh on the podcast uh that 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 Nick Weiger and I do the boys and it, they were awful because it was just one of them one of the skittles like tastes like shit basically <laughs> so it's a very it's a, a very Halloween strange theme where they're like this one's flaming dog shit it's like oh all based God. on tricks instead of treats have you ever yes, had those yep. jelly beans that are uh that, that fool you they're those trick jelly beans so they're all filled with flavors like like dog shit yeah, the harry potter the heart the harry potter Ugh. ones yeah those are the worst man holy cow and i think if i had a dog shit jelly bean i think i would throw up i like that is that's so horrific um but yeah no i mean i love i used to love halloween my birthday is in october so i'm uh mine too happy birthday happy birthday to you as well what can i ask which day it is yes it it just it was about a week ago now uh almost exactly a week it's october 6th oh well happy birthday happy birthday thank you thank you so much yeah no uh so I, i love uh I, I I love Halloween. I love scary movies. I always, I've always been terrified of of scary movies since I was a kid. Uh, you know, Child's Play scared the hell out of me when I was little, and I wouldn't like, watch it. I just watched it at a, as a forty one year old man this past year. <laughs> it, it, it's it's still pretty scary, isn't it? It's scary. It's also just like it's first of all, it's really well written and it's really funny. Yeah and, yeah, and the animatronics are really good. I was like, well, this is just like really done really, really well. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't see, say scary, but like very creepy. Still, when you see like him, like when you see the doll running from like there will be like a wide, like a like a wide shot of the doll like running in the background or whatever. It, it, that it it is creepy. It yeah. still kind of works. Yeah, and Bryce, you would love it if you haven't seen it recently because there's a whole opening sequence that takes place in a toy store, oh. and you can see a bunch of great '80s toys on oh, the shelves. Nice. That, that's like a, a bonus. Just like a nice flashback. Yeah, I'll have to watch that again. I I, I have this movie list going uh, for my son and for my daughter. She's 11. Uh, but my son's nine and he just gets scared so easily, but there's so many movies. Like I'm getting so tired of like all the new Pixar stuff and all the stuff that's like out recently. So every like once a week, I try to take them back, you know, back to the eighties to show them something great. But it's like, we're getting to the point now where it's like, okay, bud, you gotta, gotta pull yourself up here. I want to show you some of the good stuff, you know, like <laughs> child's like- play. And, and we, I tried gremlins last week too. And then it's like, there was one moment. Uh, where where it kind of got a little spooky. He's like, nope, I'm out. And then boom, he's just like bolts out of here. 
This is like <laughs> your version of taking your son out into the woods in the early 1900s and making him kill a deer. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. You're absolutely. You're a man now. <laughs> You're a man now. Uh, Bryce, did you bring in something to share with the class today? I did. Yeah, there was some okay. news today for Great. sure. So that, I guess that means, Riley, we have some... BCC knows. Man, you guys we'll lost get, it. You were doing good for a while. Well, I, we'll get he, it one day. I I stopped because I was ahead of him on my end. It's okay. Don't ever okay. stop. You got to just go through it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Anyway, uh, yeah, some big news sort of came out today. Not big, you know, but uh, uh, the Mail Online reports uh, about the Harry. Mail Reed. Online? Where? What is that? Uh, I'm sorry, the Daily Mail. Daily Mail. Oh, okay. Daily Mail Online. It was all it's over. Men's support group. <laughs> <laughs> I found it in a, in a few various places, but I chose this one. Um, most of the UFO evidence hasn't seen the light of day, former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid says. The government is covering up huge amounts of evidence of unexplained encounters. Former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid made the claim in the documentary The Phenomenon, uh, which examines the history of UFO sightings in the United States, which is out on Netflix. I'm waiting for some perfect alone time to watch it. Haven't seen it yet. I hear it's fucking great. I didn't even know um, about it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Harry Reid goes on camera, and I think that's what a lot of these uh, news pieces are sort of following up on. Um, why the federal government all these years has covered up, put brake pads on everything, stopped it. I think it's very, very bad for our country, he said. When asked if he's saying there's still evidence that hasn't yet been publicly disclosed, Reid replies, I'm saying most of it hasn't seen the light of day. Wow. Since leaving office in 2017, he has become increasingly outspoken about UFOs. And following the release of videos taken by pilots that show unexplained aerial phenomena in April, Reed wrote, the American people deserve to be informed. Um, and it goes on to state, you know, more news. But uh, you know me, I like to stop there. That's good enough. You get the gist. Harry Reid is... Uh, you know, saying that there is way more than we're not seeing that is being covered up and possibly locked away in these special access programs. We got to check that out. Maybe Jeez. we'll do the phenomenon as a uh, as a as a movie club over on the other side. I think so. UFO Twitter is uh, is really a buzz. I think people are really digging it. You, you know, they're like, oh, this is part of the timeline of disclosure. Uh Disclosure. <laughs> oh God. It's coming. And so am I. Ah! Mitch, are you have you been following this UFO stuff in the news? I have, and you know, it's 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 funny. My my friend Ryan Perez made a great point about it. He was saying how it's like it it is basically just like an invasion movie that we're like so occupied with kind of everything that's going on there's you know the covid-19 and the pandemic and you know uh, a lot of protests and and a lot of different things going on obviously mm. and in the background there's just like like new, like like another alien sighting like it's that sort of thing <laughs> from like a like a scary movie where it's like oh yeah like if spaceship showed up tomorrow we would be like oh we should have known like that's like we should have <laughs> We should have been seeing this happening, but um, yeah, I've, I've 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 looked at I've looked at some of the stuff, and it's 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 kind of, I mean, it's cool and and, and like also slightly terrifying, just because I was raised on you know the aliens coming and destroying us uh, movies, so I, right. I I slightly nervous about it all, but uh, it could be it could be something cool. 
right? Or maybe they just kill us. <laughs> or, I mean, it's one or the other. I mean, it's one or the way, other. And you know, either way, we'll be fine. <laughs> I I still think they just look at us like a colony of ants. It's like, what's the point of killing us? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're so far advanced. Like, uh, you know, uh, do they need Earth as a resource? Maybe. I don't know. But if they can get here, they can certainly get to a, a shit ton of other planets, yeah. I'm assuming. I'll put it this so, way. The only thing that's really changed in the UFO phenomena is that we're covering it more seriously now. Otherwise, yeah. it's relatively the same. I mean, you know, we've been visited by we people have been seeing these strange lights in the skies uh, for hundreds, if not thousands of years uh, with just as much, uh, you know, happening all over the place, all over the world. And 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 all the time. So right now it was really it was really just when the New York Times started covering it uh that it really started gaining momentum in the mainstream news media so i think that's only the thing that's really changed mm, yeah 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 and, and now it, it it does feel like a sort of thing though that like i mean it, the world is just too crazy I, <laughs> any 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 other time i feel like i'd be okay with it but like don't just don't show up now. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> or do please yeah. show up now. Yeah. Or maybe yeah, just show up now. I guess you're right. But <laughs> oh god, just give. I I just want us to give us a few months to like just figure some stuff out and then come back. It's yeah. kind of how I feel. Can I at yeah. least get like one more summer of hanging out in an outdoor cafe, having a glass of Pinot Grigio before <laughs> before all, we all die? Please. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. Well, Mike, we love to ask. I'm going back and forth between Mike and Mitch. This is the problem. I've I've developed a parasocial uh, relationship with you after yes. listening to hours of your podcast. I am livid. Uh, always so weird um, when when you're that person and uh, the other person is is the person they are, which is me. Talking. How to dare you call me fan. Mike and Mitch? I don't know. It's <laughs> um, so anyway, Mitch. Uh, we like to ask all of our uh, guests, "What is?" Your personal paranormal history. You live, wow. as you said, in the spookiest part of town or part of the country. Uh, have you ever seen anything? Have you ever experienced anything? What scares you? Uh, I want to hear all about it. Um, I I was always just growing up, always afraid of ghosts. I mean, like uh, like I said, like I I uh, I watched Child's Play as a boy and was just terrified of that, and was afraid of Jason and Freddie and. You name it, I was afraid of it. But um, <laughs> I, 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 just I, I, a child of the '80s is just the way of like all every single slasher or horror movie just terrified the shit shit out of me. I, it, it, if you'd been a boy in the '30s, would you have been scared of Dracula, Frankenstein, and like the Universal monsters? I think yes, because like because you know, because like I said, because my my birthday is around October. Like we used to go to like. We used to go to haunted hayrides and stuff like that. We used to do kind of like spooky Halloween stuff, um, and so I've yeah I've always been a I've 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 always like liked kind of Halloween stuff. And I remember my mom bought me like an old Vincent Price VHS that had like a bunch of different scary things on it, and like even like segments from like you know like a, like the fifties Wolfman or like Son of Wolfman or some stupid bullshit still was super scary to me like any like i i was very easily scared as a child i i i slept in my mom and dad's bed for way too long like i like i slept in there till like 
fourth grade or, or somewhere in there. I was I was like way 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 too scared. I feel ba- I feel so bad for my parents looking back on it. <laughs> they just have this fucking coward son. <laughs> you needed a father like Bryce to sit you down and force you. Yeah. Get over the yes, yeah. I think it honestly. Sometimes when you do watch some of those, I was so afraid of killer clowns from all, out of space. Out of sp- oh, my boss accents back. Killer clowns from out of, out of space. See, I can't do it. Outer space. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Out of space. Out of space. Outer. That was um, oddly the one that I wasn't scared of because I thought it was so funny. That was the only horror movie I would watch as a yeah, kid. Yeah, but when they co- when they cocoon those people in the cotton candy yeah. and, and then they like would suck their insides out. That's fucking creepy. It is creepy, and and it was on it was on pay per view, and I, I like I I feel like a lot of probably younger people don't know this, but when movies were on pay per view, you could like the first like the two or three minutes of it would play and then it would go away. Oh right. And so like you could and then a lot of the times it just would scramble. So like it would just be scrambled. (laughs) So you could kind of like hear and see some stuff sometimes still. And so like I remember like turning on that channel and like kind of seeing like yeah someone get cocooned in cotton candy and just being freaked out. So like every every stupid eight and then when you watch them now you're like, oh this is like like you guys are saying it's like it's funny. It's it's not it's not it's like almost like child's play is funny like and Chucky is like a little funny guy most of the time. You but know, as was, a kid, was, you don't know that. I was gonna say, thinking back to like why I was sort of like want to push my son to watching those movies. I thought about this, and you know, so when I was a kid and I'd spend the summers with my dad in Reno, we would go to the video store, <laughs> and my Here brother would like grab movies like Terminator and Aliens. Yeah, and when we got home. You know, I didn't have much say because he was the older brother. And so that's the movie we watched. And I didn't have an iPhone to go to or an iPad or a video game off in my room. You know, there was one TV. Like, if you don't want to watch the movie, then fuck off. You know, go play with your toys. And I was like, (laughs) it was really like, okay, maybe I can just stomach my way through this. Whereas today, you know, if my kids don't want to, it's hard to get all of us into the family room to like actually watch a movie all together. Right. You're the man of the house. You take those, you take those trains away from them. You limit the house to one television, make it an eighties TV. Uh, Put a VCR, take take away everything else. And then you'll, then you'll get his attention. And you put, and you put, and you put species on that TV. You watch species. (laughs) (laughs) Bryce loves species. I love that movie. Uh, yeah, no, I know. That's I, the movie where Mitch was like, mm, maybe I do like horror films. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is, that's when it, it turns. They get you. Once, <laughs> oh sex, sexy God. horror will change your mind very quickly. <laughs> that, that'll change everything just like that. Yeah, that movie. No, fantastic. he just ends up being terrified of women for the rest of his life. <laughs> but yeah, there's something, I think when, you know, when we start to have more than one television in our houses and, 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 you know, places where you like, you get content elsewhere. It's like these kids feel they have options. They're like, I'm not vibing your movie. I'm out. And then, you yeah. know, and then I'm stuck watching, you know, uh, fucking aliens in, in my own, you know, den. And it's like, okay, but that I'm down with that. Like but... a, yeah. That doesn't sound like a problem. That sounds like a solution. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> I'm gonna have to like nail him down to the chair at some point, but so Mitch, you grew up in Boston or yeah. Quincy, Massachusetts. Where's that yep. in relation to Boston? Exactly. It's just south of Boston. I mean, we're, we're next next door to Dorchester and uh, Braintree, and we're, we're so we're we're just south. Uh, if there's no traffic, I can drive into downtown in like 
10 minutes or something. Oh, okay. So, yeah, that's kind of like where I grew up in relation to Kansas City. That's that's got it. Yeah, it's 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 a great it's a, it's and you know it's like an old uh it's it's an old city. I remember like my middle school was like 100 100 plus years old when I went there, you know, like there it is there's definitely stuff that feels creepy and I do I do have a couple not experiences so there there but there is a house up the street for me and this is a place where I used to watch a lot of scary movies cuz it was some of my good friends live there the 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 Tufos my friends uh Anthony and Dan Tufo who are lifelong friends uh and good buddies of mine and um and they have a third brother Chris but uh Mr. and Mrs. Tufo they lived up in this this house up the street and uh Mrs. Tufo used to tell us stories about it all the time that it was it was haunted so um and it was haunted before uh, like we, you know, back when we were like little kids, basically is 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 how the story went. So, the story is basically that that when they first moved in, so there was a family there there before them, the Hennigans, and uh, my sister was friends with Margot Hennigan, so she came down to the house and she was here. I saw her a lot, but then they moved out and the Tufos moved in, and it started off with like just kind of like weird things would happen where they'd walk into a room and the light would turn off. Or they'd walk into like a room and the TV would turn on, things like that. And so, um, it started to just like it just started to it's kind of steamroll from there, and 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 kind of like the TV would turn off on and off and on and off in front of them, and uh, they they sometimes would like hear hear things and you know like just like the, just weird paranormal experiences. And so, um, one night they went out for for dinner, Mr. and Mrs. Tufo, and they had a babysitter come over and watch the kids, Anthony and Dan, who and Anthony was just like an infant and Dan was a baby. Um and they came back to the house and her dad was sitting there with her and um she and she was like after you guys left, the lights started to flash on and off and I heard voices in the cellar. She thought that it was someone who had broken into the house. She thought there were people like downstairs. Oh no. Um and she and she called her dad over and her dad was sitting there with her and she was like crying still when they got home. And they like knew they were like, uh oh. They kinda knew what it was. Uh but they obviously didn't weren't like, Oh, it was a ghost. But she said that like, <laughs> yeah, the lights the lights were going on and off and she heard voices like in the walls and downstairs and she was and she was really freaked out. And so Miss Tufa said that they started to like kind of address it and be like, Hi, I know you're here. Like they just kind of start saying hello to it and stuff like that. Oh wow. And, and and yeah, and so she she told me a couple different stories of like she had heard voices up. She was home alone with the kids, and she heard voices upstairs. And she grabbed a knife, and she thought that it was somebody up there too. And she went up there, and a toy like a matchbox car uh, started to roll down the hallway by itself. Nope. <laughs> Whoa! And uh, and and I feel and like she... this is a man casually describing the events of Poltergeist, which took place in his neighborhood, <laughs> like on a podcast years later, just like a secondhand witness to the Poltergeist. Movie. Oh, you know what? This is Polter. I fucked up. This is Poltergeist. <laughs> no, but like if it was like one of the characters in Poltergeist that lived in that neighborhood, but like just heard about what happened to that house, and then I'm later the goes who, on I'm, a podcast. I'm... I'm the guy in the beginning who like brings over the beers and pulled. I'm like, I'm, I'm I'm Craig T. Nelson's friend or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I, so like, obviously that, you know, she, 
she was she was freaked out all the time. That she, I remember she told the story of how she, they had like a, a a baby swing that was cranked, and she had Dan in it, and it was swinging back and forth. She went upstairs and she got him, and then she came back downstairs, and then she heard noises upstairs again. She went up, and she walked into the room in the baby swing, which is only, it was crank operated was swinging back and forth. And when she walked in, it stopped like, like, a, and it had, and it had already been, it had already been like for an hour had not been moving, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. And so she, this is, this is where the story gets crazy. And, and so, you know, you might lose people here, but this is what Mrs. Tupo told me. Not on this and podcast. She, and so she, she, well, she was like, I, she, she, she was like, I never. She's a very religious woman. She's like, uh, if I slept over there on a Saturday night, we had to go to like church on Sunday and stuff like that. They're, they're uh, Italian. They're they're Roman Catholics, Italians, super super religious. Um, and so she was. She said she was laying in bed one night, and um, there was like she woke up and over. Over, like hovering over the bed was a black veil, she said. Oh. And she said, if you're a good ghost, you can stay. And if you're a bad ghost, get out. And she pointed like out the window or whatever. And the black veil supposedly like whipped across the room and the sh- like blinders went up. Oh, my God. That's what she says. And she says that after that, she never had, she never saw or heard anything again. Um, and that was, that was kind of it. And this is, this is, this is also, by the way, I have, I haven't talked to her in a long time, but this is, this is the gist of the story. This is what she's told me forever. And she's like, I never believed in ghosts. Uh, like I never did until I had those experiences and it really, it really freaked me out. And she, she said that she, so there were two things there. I think there was a, a, cause the city was Quincy is like founded in like 1625. It's fucking old. You know what I mean? Like it just is, you know, the start of. America and 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 everything just just old school old just yeah, old, like it's like as old as parts of London. Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. And uh, which I like. If I had to guess, I said that this is the spookiest part of the world, but definitely overseas somewhere is is probably you, you get the the real kind of scary haunted places. But New England, New England definitely has that you know hundreds of year old kind of eerie places that and 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 this house just it it has that vibe to it. And so supposedly. A woman who lived there died, but the other thing she said is that, and going down to their basement, it was like it was always eerie. Sleeping over there when I slept over, I was always just, I was always fucking terrified. Like I never <laughs> ready I, to go I, to I, church. <laughs> I, I was I was ready to go to church. Like it, it would it would always suck if I was with Anthony and Dan, and then they would fall asleep before me when I was sleeping over, totally. and I'd just be like sweaty palmed, laying still in my sleeping bag, like oh, just no. terrified. Um, but, and there's like one section of the house, particularly that's like super scary. That's like kind of the front of the house in the basement area. And it just feels old as hell. And there is like, kind of like a, like a study area, but, and they like, they didn't use it too much back in the day. And it's like very beautiful, but there's like a secret passageway that like, cause you know, it's an old house. So there's like kind of like a secret passageway that goes to another part of the cellar. And it is, and it's, it is super creepy. And like I would be there, and I like wouldn't even look down that stairway because I was just so scared. But all that, co- and then also, oh yeah, there was another thing is that she bought this uh, bed frame, and supposedly there was like a fire, and these twin girls died in the bed. Like they, uh. they, 
died of asphyxiation, I guess, smoke of smoke inhalation or whatever. I, they, 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 they died in the bed. So she always like had wondered like, Oh, is that what it was? Or was it the woman who died in this house? <laughs> That'll do or, it. <laughs> or we yeah, or whatever it was. So she, so she wasn't, she, she wasn't sure, but she, she claimed she never really saw anything after that. Um, then I was in college and I was, I was home from college and Mrs. Hennigan called who used to live in the house. And, um, she was like, Hey, is, is your mom there? And I was like, and she's like, it's Mrs. Hennigan. And I was like, Oh no, she's not here. But, uh, like good to, good to hear from you. I haven't heard from her in forever. You know, like I, I had like kind of talked to her like over the years since then, I guess like a couple times, but hadn't seen her at this point in over like a decade. And I was like, you know, like, uh, after you moved out of that, House so that like Mrs. Tufo, she always told us scary stories, and she and then she's like, "Mike, I'm going to stop you right there." She's like, "Like we moved out of that house because it was haunted." Whoa! <laughs> wow. So this wow. is the this is the other family. This is Mrs. Hennigan from the other family who was basically kind of confirming to me that like, oh, there is there was something going on there. You know, there was there was something going on. So and that that's the reason they moved. Yeah, that's yes. when you know it's real. Yeah. It's like we moved. We fucking moved, and you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah. that checks out. That vibes with me. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, I, I, and that, that that was enough for me. My, like my my. So the house I live in, or the house my mom lives in, is like probably ninety years old, or you know, like a around there, 90, 90, 90 plus years old or something, or maybe a little less than that. But uh, and I always thought this that this house was kind of creepy, but the Tufo's house is. It's next level. It's just it, it has that vibe to it, that old school. How long would it take vibe. you to walk down to the Tufo's house right now and look in the windows and tell us if you see anything? It would be very <laughs> funny if I did that and Mrs. Tufo was there and she's like, what the fuck are you doing, Mike? <laughs> I'm a ghost. I'm a ghost. <laughs> I know who you it, are. I've known you since you were a little boy. <laughs> it would not take me very long. I wonder if Anthony Anthony still stays there occasionally. But uh, it, it it's the it's it's kind of up the hill a little bit, but it would be it would be much easier. They put a, they put a big uh, gate around the entire uh, mm. uh, property, so it's a little it's a little tougher. But it's it's not far. It's it's a it's a couple stone throws away. It's uh, I could walk there in just two or three minutes. So see, I would be worried that uh, first of all, I'm very tempted to insist that you do this, but then <laughs> but then <laughs> I would also be worried as a kid that like that ghost can walk down to my house. That's what I would be uh, thinking all the time 100 percent. yeah the, the yeah the, the ghost coming coming over I, I think that's that's always you know that's that's the thing when i when i visit i visited i've i have visited the murder house in los angeles in los Feliz. so we were talking about how disney lived there and there's there's a, a, a murder house that's kind of uh infamous uh and america american horror story kind of based its first season on it and is this the aztec house or is this the one where the fam the father killed the family during chris the christmas holidays yeah the, 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 the father the one that the father killed the family the, so the aztec house is there the too angelo murder house what's that one called i think yeah something like that but the so the as is the aztec house is that is that separate from the house on Haunted Hill house, or is that the same house? The Aztec house is the one where supposedly the Black Dahlia was killed. That that doctor lived uh, in. It was like a, a Lloyd yes. Wright design. I think Frank yes. Lloyd Wright oh, that's, designed that, that house. And it's called the Jaws house occasionally, right? Because that house, or is yeah, that a maybe. different? One? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I hadn't heard that, but I because I'm clearly not an expert. There's because the, there's a house on Haunted Hill house that's also up in the hill. It, weirdly, the house on Haunted Hill house that they used for the movie. 
like oh. sits sits above the the murder house where the, the dentist murdered his his wife and kind of chopped at his daughter, but she lived. Right. And then there's one that's called the Jaws House. Chopped at his daughter. <laughs> you know, he chopped at his daughter, but she got away. <laughs> the Jaws House is like a walk from my. It's very close, and that and that and they use that. They they like they film there all the time and stuff. But that is creepy looking from the outside. It's like, yeah, it's like a very famous house, and it has like a very specific look from from the front. And maybe and I, that might be one that's also called the Aztec House. But I'm not sure if the Aztec house is also could be the house on Haunted Hill House or if that's even just another separate. I think those are different houses. They're, okay, they're, yeah. The one that's in the house on Haunted Hill. There's sure. there's so many there's so many spooky houses up in up Again, in the Los Feliz area. It's hard to keep track lands. of. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's creepy. It's, the, so the, the that that the murder house I used to like uh when I was a part of a sketch group called the Birthday Boys. And we'd have parties up at there. They had a house in North Hollywood. Um, we didn't own it; they rented it, obviously. But we'd have parties up there, and then, like a lot of the time, like not a lot of the times, but a few times, we were there. And late night, we would like get someone to drive us down to that murder house, and we like looked in the windows. And uh, I remember Harris Whittles, uh, rest in peace. He was he was he was a guy who led the charge there one time, and we we kind of looked in the the front window and yeah there i i did see it and i i and i would like show people in town and stuff i'd show them that house describe what was going on in the window for those listeners that don't know so so the thing is is that so yes this guy used to be a dentist and he uh i don't know if you've ever told the story on the show before but he was a dentist and it was like 19 late fifth like late 1950s i think it was 1959 and uh around the holidays around christmas and one night, his older daughter, who was like a teenager, maybe 18 or around there, came into the room. And he was basically like with a hammer axe, like one of those things that's both a hammer and an axe, oh. like kind of hitting at his wife, like like basically killing her. And then he started to hit at his, his older daughter. And she got out of there. But the, I think the two younger daughters came in the room. And he's like, you're having a nightmare. Just go back to bed. Oh. And and right. the, the other daughter like crawled out of there and went next door. And told the cops, and the cops came back, and he had uh, he, and this is crazy, but he drank acid to kill himself. Something that just seems fake. Oh shit! But just is. If you look it up, he like drank acid and and killed himself, and Ooh. and the and the wife died, and the and the kids the kids all survived, and I think they went on to you know live with other family or whatever. But the house was bought, and no one touched it for like the longest time. And so it was around the holidays and there was a Christmas tree and presents like under the tree. And that stuff just stayed up for like the longest time there's. And so like you could walk up, which we did and look in the window. And the first night I went there, it was the creepiest, creepiest feeling I've ever had. Like in person, it was, it was very, very creepy. Um, but you could look in the, in the windows. And I remember, I remember when I, when I went during the day, during the day, I looked in the window and there was a magazine from the fifties. Like I think it said fifty nine. I can't remember exactly, but there was a magazine from the fifties on a shelf, like nearby. You could like see it in, in like the back window. It was insane. And and you looked in there and there was just like all this old stuff. The Christmas tree they eventually did take down, but the house was used like I th- I think there was like a lot of sex workers used the house at one point, and it was kind of it kind of like. It it was it was kind of really worn down and stuff, but no one ever the 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 people who bought it just never 
lived there. And so it was just kind of this big empty house, which they've now stripped. I don't know if it's sold or not, but it's like always had this, this weird thing around it where like no one actually ends up living in there. It's a, it's, it's a really weird, crazy story. And I remember walking on the front lawn and like sinking into the front lawn. It was, it was just a fucking, I I, I would, I I would, I would not want to step inside. What's that? Like quicksand, like you. Like sunk? yes, like it kind of yeah, like it was kind of like quicksand. Not, I mean, like it, it was. I'd be not awesome like, if their murder house had quicksand as a front lawn. It was <laughs> just like a weird old dried out lawn that, like, I remember just like sinking down into. It was fucking gross. But let me ask was, you, Mike, if if you think they tore down that house and mm-hmm. uh, put up a whole new edifice, do you think? A strange paranormal occurrences would still take place. I guess I'm asking. I mean, what do you what do you yeah. think a, a haunting consists of? Is it like the energy that sort of seeps into those walls, or or is it like a discarnate spirit from the other side, like continuing to uh, to haunt the place because it feels it's not at rest? I mean, what what's your take on sort of the the ghost That's- or the haunted phenomena? Great question. I, I think that I think that yes, you can you can like maybe rebuild there and and that and that energy can kind of carry over. You know what I mean? Like that's that to me is yeah, it feels like a possibility that you can't just like wash away that bad energy by putting something new on top there. Right. You know, like maybe if it was completely raised and you know they they said something over the land or something. I think that maybe that's a possibility. But also, I'm like very superstitious and. I, it would it would be hard for me to to buy a house that someone died in because I feel like I would think it's haunted in some. You know, way. in California, they have they have to disclose that it's part of the law. Yeah, yeah, which is I think is great for me. <laughs> I mean, I, I would agree. I would I would I would want to know. And I yeah, I think I think like I think there can be bad energy. So that's the the last the last kind of creepy story I have is that I stayed in this house when I first moved out here. Um. I had an internship, and I worked for this guy in in um, in in Denver. I shot the, we shot this indie film in Denver. I was on the the camera department, uh, and I and so this producer. I was working for this producer, and then he's like, "If you want, you can like kind of stay at my place when you come back, and just do work for me, and you can kind of have a a place to live." And I was like, "Oh, sure, you know what I mean." And so, of course, I was going to take him up on it. Um, so I came back there and. I stayed in the guest room of his house. It was this nice old house. Charlie Chaplin supposedly had bought it for his mom back in the day. So it's this old, uh, this older house, um, not far from, uh, like kind of up off of Sunset Boulevard, Crescent Heights, basically, like right around hmm. there. And so, like, yeah, this old, this old house, and it was, it was kind of like a nice, beautiful house, and, um. He, the producer, and 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 actually his his other like this other producer and assistant lived in the downstairs. He lived in like a little separate side of the house, so it was it was it was kind of a, a, a like a, a a weird living situation because he lived there too. He was he was like a like thirty year old dude, and he and he basically lived like he worked for for the I almost said his name. He worked for the producer, and uh, and 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 lived like in a section of the house and then i was upstairs in the guest room and so it was kind of a weird thing and i didn't want to stay there too long anyways but the producer went overseas he went to i think greece and he left and then it was me and the and the other producer who lived downstairs and he was like he was going and he was like before i go and i was gonna stay to take care of this guy's dog this dog carrie who was a super old dog and he was like before i go do you want me to like tell you anything? And I was like, well, like, do you have any questions or so that sort of deal? Give me the, giving me the rundown. And I was like, 
yeah, I was like, is this is this house haunted? And he was like, <laughs> and he was like, why do you say that? And I, and I and he was like, I'll tell you when I get back. And I was like, is it haunted by like a woman or something? And he was like, why are you saying that? And I was like, I don't know. I just have this weird feeling about it. Um, and he was like. Well, I'll tell you when I get back. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, you got to tell me now, for God's sake. And he was like, okay. So he's like, so, like, over the years, like, a lot of the staff and a lot of people have uh, have seen this, like, blonde woman walking around the house. Hmm. And 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 because he the this guy had, like, uh, you know, people like uh, people who worked at the house or whatever, you know, like a, like a gardener. And then there was someone who kind of did like laundry and stuff like that, that, that were there like on like a, a couple times a week or whatever. And so they were like, Oh yeah. And so people have like spotted this, this blonde woman and, and, and this producer's his nephew. Um, one day like saw this blonde woman walking through the hallway and he like followed her up the stairs and then he followed her into a room and she disappeared. And I was like, well, what room was it? And he was like, it was, <laughs> and he was like, it was the guest room. It was the room I was staying in. And I was like, motherfucker. And I saw it like, I was so freaked out. And I, and I also, I kept like, so I knew I just, I, I mean, like I, I never saw anything. I really never saw anything, but I always just had this weird feeling. And I, I, so I used to wake up in the middle of the night in that room. Like I would just wake up like at three or four, or, you know, Ugh. whatever in the morning. That's the time. And I was just like, I, and I would like, yeah, yeah, that 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 witching hour. And I'd wake up and I'd be like, I would like sit up in bed and be like, hello. Like I'd be like, what's going on? You know, like a weird feeling like that. And that happened like too many times in this in the short amount of time I was there. And so he was like, yeah, she disappeared in that room, and I was fucking freaked out. And I was like, I can't stay in that room. And he's like, if you want, you can like pull your stuff downstairs and stay in my room and so i did i i like stayed in his room and his room was like basically kind of off of the house it was like still a part of the house but i would like stay in there with the tv on and then i would like wake up and immediately like go outside and just like drive around los angeles and like be out of the house because i was so so fucking scared to be there and then like i remember i like got drunk a couple nights and was like went upstairs where there was like a nice TV room. You're like, let but- me see if this blonde lady's around. Huh? <laughs> I think it's species. <laughs> I put in species and I would, I, 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 I so I, when I was upstairs, I would just like, I would do that thing that Mrs. Tufo did. I get it now. I like where I would just be like, please don't, I'm just watching TV. Please don't like do anything. I don't want to, I don't want to see anything. So that's that- wild. you would speak out loud. I'd speak out loud. I was I was so scared. And then the 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 funny thing is that I because I didn't want to go home so often, I I started hanging out at uh the birthday boys house up in up in North Hollywood. And Tim Kalpakis always says, and he he's a member of the birthday boys, but he says that like when he like he he, he like he had heard of me like, Oh, Mitch is coming over and he's like like a nice guy or whatever and and then like Tim met me and he was like, It's this weirdo who was like afraid to be in his house because I told him like I was like, the house I'm at is haunted, and I like don't want to be there. And I like slept on their couch, and he's like, "Who is this fucking weird guy? This weirdo that they've had come stay here?" So, I th- th- I basically started hanging out and doing stuff with those guys because I was so afraid of the haunted house I was I was staying in, and it was it was te- it was it was terrifying. I was so ha- that was like felt like such a long. I think they were gone for like 
10 weeks or, or wow i'm sorry yeah. not card not i'm sorry not 10 weeks 10 days or two weeks that's so uh, wild, 10 man. weeks i'd be i'd be i'd be fucking <laughs> yeah. dead uh but it was yeah it was it was it You'd was be, uh, they'd find you in a photograph in the house like i mean I, I, truly i i i it was it was that was some of the scariest shit i'd ever experienced and it and i and like i said i didn't see anything i gotta ask mike like scary but- feeling you know, and not in like a demeaning way or anything, but like, so what are you afraid of happening? I, I mean, I don't, I maybe, I don't know. I, 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 I maybe it is just like the idea of it is just so scary. You know what right. I mean? Like, and I, I think that, I think it is like that thing that I was saying. I mean, obviously, it, it brings up a lot of questions of who we are and what happens to us after we're, we're dead. And, and, totally. And, there is it maybe there is something after we die and what does that mean and what does it mean for these people to be here and uh, is it good energy is it bad energy you know what i mean like yeah there's a I mean, lot of me, questions like, that come i up. always feel like a possession like it like taking over my persona or like you know kidnapping my soul some way you know oh 100 percent. that 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 scares me and also like if it, if it like flew at me and screamed like get out i think yeah. i would like die you know what i mean like it, it's a possibility that my heart would just stop you know what i mean i'm with you i am scared of the jump scare factor i am scared uh, yeah, right. of the thing going like the old bo- like, yeah. boo you know like the ghost the, the ghostbusters library ghost like that's yeah, what I yeah. the full torso that, apparition that that i was four when i saw that that terrible i remember having a miserable experience watching that movie for the first time and then later i loved it but yes you know gremlins we mentioned gremlins earlier gremlins also did scare me uh which is kind of pathetic but but no that was my like one recurring nightmare i used to dream that i had this recurring nightmare that stripe the 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 lead gremlin would like you know sneak into my dad's house and then like come look for me and i'm like (laughs) night after night i would have that dream and it freaked me the fuck out it's a very funny dream, but it's 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 scary. As a kid, it's very it's very scary. All that all that all that shit. So yeah, no, I I think that it's a. I think still to this day, I would still be like a big scary cat. If I definitely now, as I've gotten older, I'm like uh, there is a like even from when I was 22 or 23, there is a bit more of a like, well, oh, fuck it, who cares? Let's see what happens. There is more of that attitude. Yeah, right. But if you if you brought me to like a very like a place that was supposedly haunted or like an old hospital or an old psych ward or something. I think that I would, I think that I would be really, really freaked out. I would, I would not, I would not be cool by any means. Yeah. You and me both. I'm scared of the heart attack now. Like I'm getting up there. Yeah. I'm scared. Like I'm scared of dropping dead from fright. <laughs> and then you're a ghost. Then you join them. It sucks. Right. Oh, right. Dude, yeah. No. Totally. Uh, yeah. Mike, uh, amazing, amazing stories. Uh, all three Incredible. of those. Uh, love love yeah. it. Love it. Uh, we have to move on to a game that we love to play with all of our guests. I'm going to go down a list of phenomena. And if you're open to it, you're going to say, believe it. If you're not open to it, you're going to say bullshit. There's no okay. in between. Okay. Rapid fire. It. This is a game that we like to call bullshit or believe it. Halloween style. Wow. Mike Mitchell. Yes. On your mark. Get set. Ghosts. Believe it. UFOs. Believe it. Bigfoot. Believe it. Vampires. Believe it. Shadow. (laughs) I love this already. You're doing great. Shadow people. Believe it. 
Loch Ness well, that, monster. Well, that 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 one's tricky, but but yes. Okay, we'll come I, we'll come back. We'll come back. Okay, okay, okay. Loch Ness monster. Believe it. Little gray aliens. Believe it. Werewolves. <sighs> Bullshit. Parallel universes. Believe it. Zombies. Nah, semi believe it. Shapeshifters. Uh, I believe it. <laughs> Black cats are bad luck. Bullshit. The hell dimension. Believe it. Yeti. Believe it. Astrology. I uh, believe it. ESP. Believe it. Witches. Slightly. Witches. Um. Yes, believe it in a way. Yes. Warlocks. Also believe it in a way. Demonic possession. Believe it. Spook lights. Mm, don't know it. <laughs> Spook lights are like those little glowing orbs of light you see. Believe it. Believe, the believe it. Okay, got it. Got it. Okay. Orbs. I should have <laughs> just said orbs. Atlantis. Uh, so now hold on. Atlantis. Uh, bullshit. <laughs> Mothman. Mothman. Bullshit. Moth- Reincarnation. Yeah, I can believe it. Why not? Life after death. Yeah, I believe it. All right, great job. Well We're going to circle back on a well couple done. of these. Do you guys uh, think I'm a fool? No. no. I, I, hey, no. man, I'm a select all <laughs> believe. <laughs> I mean, uh, I kind of am close to that, honestly. Like, uh, even Mothman, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe Mothman. Fucking we exists. could get you there with Mothman. Yeah, we, yeah, oh, yeah. we could. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> could get you there. Uh, I love that you giggled at be- for believing in Bigfoot. I just want to point that out. That's, that was <laughs> Very enjoyable. I and I like the obviously there is like you know like what that is. I just believe that there's some sort of Bigfoot or Yeti. Like I'm sure there is some sort of big creature or was at some point. Why not? I can yeah. believe that. Yeah. Uh, um, shadow people. You wanted to circle back on. Well, shadow people. I I that's tricky because a lot of I, I have a couple of buddies who have sleep paralysis. Also, my friend Dan Tufo. He he had sleep paralysis and. In that same house that was that the Tufos house that was haunted, he had like an old woman sitting at the 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 foot of his bed when he was oh when he had God. sleep paralysis, which is fucking terrifying. That um, was so, sleep paralysis, Danny Tufo. God, it's yeah. just I would I would not be able to deal with that. And luckily, I've never I I, I had I had like a night terror once, and I thought a tarantula was on my wall, and oh. I thought it was like the most real thing on earth. And but I've never experience shadow people and i hope never to experience it because that because i i believe i don't know what that is you like i mean i obviously believe that people see stuff when they have sleep paralysis and i watched that that i think the documentary that's on netflix that's pretty yeah it's pretty nightmare. terrifying the nightmare yeah mm-hmm. oh What's god the documentary on netflix the nightmare oh i'm writing that shit down you gotta watch that dude it'll freak you out dude uh, nick weiger on two weeks ago your 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 podcast partner uh-huh. he experiences night terrors that's what he talked about he sees a giant hulking almost headless shadow beast oh that's, Jesus. Weird. that's not no good. wonder it was <laughs> no wonder he acts the way he does that's fucking terrifying <laughs> there's see and it's you know what's so fascinating is it oh it's always like around like 3 a.m 3 30 4 a.m it seems oh. like to be like a time where just like the veil is thinner and uh and and things you know Energy from the other side can can sort of come on over and, and fuck with people in their sleep, you know? For sure. I, I, I and that's 
it's that sort of thing of I I'm happy to have like uh some people were like, oh maybe you just because when I when I had that feeling that that house was haunted, people were like, oh maybe you have uh some sort of sixth sense. That's sixth what I was sense. thinking. Yeah. And I'm like, I really don't think I've never really seen anything. You know what I mean? Like that's the closest experience I've had. And some when someone brought that up to me, it kind of blew my mind mm-hmm. because I have so never seen anything, but I've always heard stuff and I've been around stuff. And then that was the only time that I kind of like had a weird feeling about something, but I, you can, you can intuit things without having to physically see anything. You know what I mean? It's like a psychic sense. It goes back to your ESP in a way. Like sometimes you just might have like a little bit of like one of those, like, uh, you know, those like ghost box apps, uh, for your phone, it's just kind of in your brain, and you're like, I think there might be a ghost around. You know what I mean? You might just be able to sense that stuff without actually having to see it. God, well, any, any, anything like that, turn it off because I, I do not, <laughs> I, I don't want it. I don't want to see it. I really, I really don't. You're born this way, Mike Mitchell. I've said my, 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 my father passed away, and I like have said this before, but like, if my dad came back as a ghost, I probably like would punch it. I wouldn't want it near me. <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't want him around i, I like I, like uh i'll see it hey if there is something i hope to see it after you know like i would love to see it again but <laughs> right don't right. don't just wait i'll and... be dead soon just you yeah, know, yeah. give me <laughs> yeah, a minute have... or two i'll be there yeah. yes. you have to stand at the end of my bed like exactly. do you have to stand like halfway out of my closet in the dark and stare at me that's not the way God. to do it dad <laughs> that's that's like the sort of thing of like going to the what's whatever the overlook is based on uh, uh the the shining hotel or like any of those haunted yeah. haunted hotels i'm like i would be so i'd be so creeped out like a like um, anytime i'm in a place that they're like this place is like old and is known to be like haunted or spooky i'm I, it it my anxiety goes up and i am just like on edge i i it it really and maybe that is a part of it. Maybe there is something to me that I that my radar goes up and I and I know something's going on. But I, I've never. Thank God, I've never seen anything, and I and I hope to never see anything. So well, M- Mike Mitchell, you couldn't have set us up better for what's going to happen oh, no. right after this break. We'll be right back with this week's story of high strangeness. Oh no. <laughs> You know, Mitch, I just wanted to acknowledge uh, in Bullshit or Believe It that you d- you stood up for cats as a cat owner yourself. Yeah. Do you have a your your two kitties are tuxedo cats, correct? I got I got two tuxedo cats. I love them very much, Wally and Irma. Uh, they actually came back to uh, to Quincy with me. Nice. And uh, uh, so, black cats. A lot of the times, yeah, people are think that a black cat is bad luck so a lot of the time they have troubles at shelters and stuff like that and they're they're cute as hell they're cute little uh cute little guys and and, uh and wally and irma are tuxedos and i and i and i and i love them very much they're all cats are great cats are cats are awesome i've never heard that term is that what a tuxedo cat is is just a, a black cat it's a black and white cat oh i see got you Mm -hmm. yeah makes sense it looks looks like they're wearing little tuxedos that's right and all they're, right they're, well they're, they're they're too cute i love i love it i mean you know like is it because that they're like uh the bad luck or they were like they rode on witches broomsticks apparently back in the day whatever it is people are gonna get over it they're gonna adopt uh black kittens and, and cats and get them we'll, out of shelters we'll strike it from the bullshit or believe it it was the first time we we did it uh i added wow. it specifically for you because you're a cat yeah fucking bullshit it's bullshit. guys adopt a black cat today do it do it 
Well, Mike Mitchell, I'm sorry to tell you, you said you were a night owl, but you may not sleep at all tonight after tonight's terrifying tale from Zombie Bigfoot's Cryptid Crypt. Riley, Bryce, help me open the crypt here. Sure. Uh, It's a little heavy. All right. (laughs) Ian Black... I want to know what it smelled like. I was interested. What does it smell like? Death. Death. Oh, my God. It smells like blonde women's farts. Oh, my God. Sour Skittles, blonde woman farts, and death. (laughs) That's one of the sour Skittle flavors. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. Now some freaks are going to be running out buying those Skittles and they want to taste them. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> They'll be like, "Where's the, I want a house at that house. <laughs> going to get a lot of weird DMs asking where that house is. <laughs> All right, let's dive in to tonight's terrifying tale. Ian Blackburn, former director of building management at Albert Hall, After calling in paranormal investigators to unlock ghostly happenings at London's most iconic venue in 1996, told the Daily Telegraph this. When people keep saying the same things to you, you have to take notice and try and get to the bottom of it. As we've so frequently discussed on this program, high strangeness can manifest itself in wild and unexpected ways. Yet oftentimes, the phenomenon will remain almost irritatingly consistent with eyewitnesses claiming to encounter the same supernatural occurrences not just over the course of a few days or weeks or years, but generationally. And in some cases, witnesses even share a common experience that stretches across centuries. It begs the question, Is consistent paranormal activity simply folklore and legend being regurgitated from generation to generation? Or is it the sign of something genuinely bizarre at play? Tonight's subject certainly gives credence to both arguments, but consider that we are about to explore a house that haunted multi-generational families and multiple inhabitants a location so riddled with paranormal activity that famed British psychical researcher Harry Price once called it the most haunted house in England. Join me now as we turn the key and enter Borley Rectory. Or as the Brits like to call it, Borley Rectory. (laughs) That's got to count for something, doesn't it? Built in 1862 by Reverend Henry Dawson Ellis Bull, that's a name, in Borley Village, Essex, Borley Rectory was a Gothic-style house located one on Hall Road near an Episcopalian church, Borley Church. The site of the rectory, the house of the presiding rector or minister, was once where the former rectory stood, which burned down in the 1840s. Now, according to local legend, the site had been a place of worship as far back as the 12th century. And the lot where Borley Rectory stood once hosted a Benedictine monastery back in the 1300s. Now, this is disputed because there is no historical record of that happening, but that's the legend. And the story goes that it was there that a monk and a nun from a nearby convent had a torrid love affair that resulted in the monk being run out of town 
and the nun being buried alive by being bricked up in a wall. Obviously, the spirit of the nun haunts the premises to this day, and the apparition is sometimes known as the blue nun for the unworldly blue glow she gives off. So wait, so they just left her in a room and bricked her up? Yep, they let her die because she had sex with a monk. And apparently he just, he kind of got off easy. I think he was just exiled. (laughs) Right, right. They killed her. You, sir, need to leave town. But you, on the other hand. (laughs) Stand against this pile of bricks and hold still. (laughs) That's fucked up. Yeah, it's super fucked up. Now, the Bull family were obviously the first people to live in Borley Rectory, having been built by the patriarch of the family, Reverend Bull. It was in 1863 that the first recorded paranormal activity of Borley Rectory began. The Bulls experienced the sounds of phantom footsteps, saw strange lights, heard weird crashes and disembodied grunts. The servant's bells would twinkle on their own, and they could hear sounds of rushing water running through the walls where there were no pipes. Bull's adolescent daughter often seemed to be a target of the activity, claiming to have been struck in the face by an unseen entity in the middle of the night. On July 28, 1900, that girl, Ethel, and her sister, Frida, were walking home from a summer party when a woman, dressed in the black robes of a nun, came gliding out of the trees on thin air. Frightened, the two bull sisters called for their older sister, Elsie, who scolded the girls for being foolish, and then stomped out to see the nun for herself. The ghost was still waiting for her outside, and as Elsie approached, the specter turned to face her and then vanished into thin air. Locals had told tales of the ghostly nun appearing near the church grounds as far back as 1819. She would often be seen passing through the garden, literally, or peering into the rectory's windows. On occasion, she would be spotted inside the rectory, standing at a window and gazing sadly out into the landscape, wondering, one might presume, when someone would rescue her body from its unholy tomb and free her soul from eternal restlessness. Uh, That's all she wanted. Reverend Henry Dawson Ellis Bull died of syphilis. Apparently he was, uh, had a lot of, uh, this reverend liked to, uh, had a lot of uh, extramarital affairs and also fathered illegitimate children that lived at the house as well. So (laughs) damn. (laughs) Yeah. This dude was, uh, probably got that nun so pissed off unless, I don't know. Would it be worth it? <laughs> right, it, right. Is there any scenario to be worth it to be bricked up? I I feel like I maybe would enjoy being bricked up. <laughs> it's like a weird kink. <laughs> if I could get food fed to me through a slot, I think I'd be all right with the. I'd be all right with the. You with have the a slot for food, prison. and then you have like a little <laughs> yeah. slot for poo, and then you're you're good to go. <laughs> So after Reverend Bull dies, he handed down the rectory to his... Well, I mean, he didn't do it. He wasn't a ghost. Uh, He died, and then the rectory was handed down to his eldest son, Henry Foister Bull. Now, Henry would also experience some terrifying encounters. During his tenure, he came upon his dog, Juvenile, barking at some bushes just in time to see a headless figure emerge from the shrubbery and pass through a garden gate. Headless entities were a recurring theme for Henry. He became, yeah, he became one of the lucky eyewitnesses or unlucky 
of the other fabled spectral occurrence at Borley Rectory when he managed to see the infamous phantom coach driven by two headless coachmen pass in front of the house. Mm. Henry had a second encounter with the phantom coach as he was riding home one evening and heard a coach and horses coming up behind him. Henry pulled aside to allow the coach to pass. Only nothing was there but the sounds of clattering hooves and wheels going by. In 1928, Henry followed his father's footsteps and died in the rectory's blue room. And the Bull family vacated the premises for the new rector, Reverend Guy Smith and his wife, Mabel. A childless couple, the Smiths took over Borley Rectory in the autumn of 1928. They wouldn't last a year in the house. (laughs) Shortly after moving in, Mabel was cleaning one of the kitchen cupboards where she found a brown paper package. Unwrapping it, she discovered... Mike Mitchell, you want to take a guess? A head. Ooh. Mike Mitchell, you're correct. Oh my god. Mabel found the skull of a young woman, which Reverend Smith promptly buried in the church graveyard. What? Why? Why why are there headless ghosts? I don't know. And why is there a skull of a young woman in the cupboard that apparently hadn't been cleaned out? And also, the house is... I mean, it's only 40. Well, I guess it's about 60 years old at this point. Why is there a skull in the cupboard? Jesus. The Smiths seem to experience a ton of paranormal activity. Mysterious lights, the servants' bells again twinkling, even when the cords had been cut, and heavy footsteps. Even one of their servants saw the phantom coach pass by twice. Apparently, the uh, footsteps were so bad that there's a story that one night, uh, Reverend Smith was home, and he could hear someone stomping around on the ground floor, and he hid around a corner with a hockey stick and when the footsteps approached he jumped out and swung and there was nothing there Mabel reported hearing cries coming from the infamous blue room where both Wait, Reverend Bull stupid question time do Brits play hockey <laughs> I uh, they probably play play uh uh like horse uh, like uh, yard hockey right Why oh, they play hockey? yard hockey you know, field hockey. Yeah, field hockey. What is it called? Yard hockey. <laughs> sure, you can get a in the nineteen the nineteen twenties. You could get a you could get a uh, in the early thirties. You could get a hockey stick in England. Come on. Okay. All right. All right. Of course, they play hockey. The, this story is giving me ASMR. I'm 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 freaking. I'm on. I'm on, I'm I'm chilled out. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Somebody get a pile of bricks. <laughs> Uh, where was I? Ah, yes. So Mabel reported hearing cries coming from the infamous Blue Room, where both Reverend Bull and his son, Harry, died. This voice was screaming the phrase, No, Carlos, don't. Now, who Carlos is and what he was doing, we don't know. But Mabel was so upset that she contacted the Daily Mirror, the London news publication that exists to, to this day. Though she requested contact information for the Society of Psychical Research, she wanted a paranormal investigation done, the Mirror instead sent out one of its very own reporters, V.C. Wall, to do a story on the haunted house, and suddenly, Borley Rectory became famous. Mm. Eventually, a paranormal investigator did come out to the house, Harry Price, who, along with V.C. Wall, 
from the mirror was uh, investigated Borley Rectory in what might be considered the first paranormal reality show investigation. I mean, basically, these guys came out and they did a series of reports and VC would write the stories that would run in the mirror. And Harry Price became sort of famous as the investigator that was studying the house. Now, a little sidebar information on Harry Price. He's sort of a notorious character. Uh, He began his career um, sort of debunking spiritualists and hucksters and hoaxers. He was friends with... um, Oh, oh gosh, Bryce, the 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 escape artist Houdini, sure. Um, and but he also genuinely tended to believe that there was something to the paranormal phenomenon. He wanted to figure out exactly what it was. He he even be, he he was part of the Society of Psychical Research, and then he broke off and started a new one, and ultimately ended up um, having a bit of a residency as an honorary. Uh, professor, an honorary uh, person, honorary scholar at London's, uh, the University of London. He's kind of an early Peter Venkman from Ghostbusters. <laughs> he was sort of studying wow. psychic stuff and ghosts out of and associated with the University of London. There's a lot of people that later in his career think that he may have faked some of his stuff and sort of became a huckster himself. But we're not going to focus so much on that uh, because I think there's enough evidence in this story that that points to something really happening in this house. So let's go back to Price and Wall in their investigation while the Smiths were living at Borley Rectory. Now, during their investigation, Price and Wall reported seeing strange lights appearing within the rectory that would vanish once they entered the house. A sighting of the nun uh, floating through the garden, candlesticks flying across the room, so telekinetic activity, exploding vases, wrappings on the wall, and stones being thrown at them by unseen entities. Price and Wall also claimed to witness two bottles of unopened wine transmogrified into ink and perfume. Now, for their part, the Smiths decided that living in a haunted house was not their cup of tea. So, like Mitch's neighbors, the Henningtons, they moved out after Price and Wool's investigation in the summer of 1929. Now, on October 16th, 1930, the next, uh, the next people to live in the house, Lionel Foister, a cousin, a first cousin of the original Bull family, he moves in with his wife, Marianne. The paranormal activity only escalated. Bells ringing, windows shattering. Their three-year-old daughter, Adelaide, kicked in her room by an unseen entity and another unseen entity throwing Marianne Foister out of bed. It's not cool. Now, the rumor was that Marianne and Lionel had a very tumultuous relationship, and apparently uh, he had married. He was 22 years old, uh, 22 years her senior, they had gotten married when she was like 16 and was pre- already married to somebody else. And then during the time they lived at the house, she started up an affair with a lodger who stayed at the house. And then she was living with him during the weeks in London, running a flower shop that that uh, Lionel Foister bankrolled. So they had a very bizarre relationship. And... Um, and apparently there was a lot of fighting. They think that some of the black eyes that Marianne had gotten and claimed were from ghosts were either from her lover in London or from Lionel. We don't really know. But there was bad energy in this house when they lived there. Um, so uh, Harry Price, 
he returns to conduct more investigations. One subject of interest were the scribbled, barely legible writings that started appearing on the walls. The author trying to contact Marianne and pleading for help and peace and rest. Eventually, the Foisters moved out in the mid to late 30s after going bankrupt. And the church merged with another parish. So the rectory was closed and stood vacant until it was leased by Harry Price himself, who began a year-long study of the house, seeking help in his endeavors through an ad in the London Times on May 25, 1937. He wrote, Haunted house. Responsible persons of leisure and intelligence, intrepid, critical, and unbiased, are invited to join Rota of Observers in a year's day and night investigation of alleged haunted house. So he put an ad out on the paper and built a paranormal investigation team, and they set up at Borley Rectory, and this is kind of them doing an early Sky, uh, Skinwalker Ranch study, Bryce. This is kind of like they, they, they went I'll and s- moved in specifically to study the paranormal activity. Amazing. Was 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 my British man really, really good? <laughs> yeah, it was great. It did a was great good. job. It was. Super. It was indeed, Mike. Oh, thank you, mate. Indeed. <laughs> Sounds like he's been down at the docks. He's a Muppet British guy, basically. <laughs> he's a pig. Yeah, that's like the pig. Right. We're both just worried about this nun. <laughs> So we want to numer- get her out of there. Yeah, house. Get her out of the house is what we want. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. This could take a bad turn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Let me know when to come back in. <laughs> Very pissed off. I guess right now it'd be fine. Yep. Yeah. She no, don't no. want to get that nun off. Yeah. <laughs> if she, she don't, don't get that nun out of there, there's gonna be more black eyes. She need to get the nun off. That sounds like it's, that sounds horny. It sounds very horny. <laughs> I was taking it to a new level. Really taking a turn. Uh, <laughs> apologies to our listeners in the UK. Yes, we're sorry. On numerous occasions, <laughs> Price me. and his colleagues. <laughs> he's from Boston. He's still rebelling against you assholes. That's right. <laughs> Love it. On numerous occasions, Price and his colleagues conducted seances. During one such session, they contacted the spirit of a French nun named Marie Laire, who had moved to the previous rectory in the 1660s after being seduced by a wealthy member of the Walgreaves family. Her lover strangled her to death and buried her beneath the current cellar. What the fuck? This is what the spirit's telling them during the seance. Wow. She wanted her remains to be found and given a proper Catholic burial. On another occasion, Price's team contacted an entity calling himself Sunic Armories, who proclaimed that he would burn down the house that very night at 9 p.m. to reveal the true culprit of the rectory's hauntings. Wow. Nothing happened. Then... Price finished his investigation and moved out of the house in 1938 with no hard facts or conclusions about the source behind all of the phenomena at play at the rectory. However, his work went a long way to establishing Borley Rectory as one of the most haunted houses in the world. Finally, in 1939, holding for Violet. I love that that ghost was like, I'll burn it down at nine. <laughs> and then didn't do it. tonight, sharp. 
<laughs> Finally, in 1939, Borley Rectory's fate became sealed. The new owner, Captain William Gregson, was moving into the house. And while unpacking, he knocked over a stack of books, tipping over a paraffin lamp in the process and burning the rectory to the ground. There you go. Sunak Amari's prophecy became true just a few years later than predicted. Even still, people would claim to see the nuns standing at the windows of the charred-out rectory. The building was eventually leveled, but the church and the graveyard still exist today, as do the stories of Borley Rectory's many ghosts. So was it truly the most haunted house in England, or just a setting for a local ghost story, for local ghost stories? Or was it a stage that was set for Harry Price to sell the public on the ideas of phantasmagoria? Well, it depends on who you're speaking to. A lot of work has been done to discredit Harry Price in the years after his investigations of the house, but he can't account for all the eyewitnesses who have seen strange things on these grounds for centuries. Now, I thought I'd end tonight's story with two audio clips. These come from a mid-1970s BCC documentary about the rectory. So the first clip we're going to play is a sound captured on a tape recorder by paranormal investigators. They left it overnight in the Borley Church, the original church that's still there. Oh, wow. Uh, so they, they sealed off, they closed off the church, they knew nobody was in there, and the next day they came back to play back the tape. And they got a lot of sounds, but... I liked this one because it may be the sound of one of those disembodied grunts that we heard about at the beginning of the story. When Riley, did they leave this microphone in, Mike? What, this when? is in the 70s. Gotcha. They, were, they okay. went in with just like a, one of those box tape recorders and went in there and just press play, you know, press play record. And they left right. it. Um, and then they came back to check the tape. Uh, at, so this is this is one of the sounds they captured. So you hear footsteps and a heavy grunt. Yeah. That's fucking That's, spooky. Uh, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> That's weird. So the next uh, thing Jacking I want to play. Jacking off the corner or something. <laughs> 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 kind of. Uh, stacking bricks and jacking it. <laughs> what, what year was this? That was from the 70s, 1975. Mm. So this is years and years later uh, because there's paranormal investigators still go out there today and the graveyard and the church are still haunted. And they think that a lot of these spirits moved from the house across the street to the church. Um, And as we'll hear in this next clip, this is an eyewitness story from that same BBC documentary. Uh, And I'll put the links in show notes. This is all up on YouTube. This is a story from a uh, man who's a paranormal investigator who claimed to see the nun herself oh, wow. while uh, working, uh, studying uh, the church property. So uh, let's play that story. I think this is a really cool, cool one. I got a team together with Roy Potter and we did uh, actually uh, on the site of the rectory. We concentrated mostly. And Did you we see anything? Oh, else? yes. Uh, um, in June, I can't remember the exact date, but in June, we sighted the nun. You did? Oh, yeah, there are two of us. What time was it? Uh, well, I would say somewhere about quarter to two in the morning. Mm. 
It was absolutely full moon. And uh, first of all, we couldn't really, you know, we couldn't really, <laughs> we were astonished. But when we saw this apparition um, go through bushes and through railings and across a, a, a trench, we knew we were really on to something. So we had an observation actually 11 minutes. And I had a How one. Long? 11 minutes. You watched minutes. the ghost for 11, 11 minutes. exactly. Well, I wouldn't say exactly, but around about 11 minutes. 9 to 11 minutes. Now, this, uh, I had a wonderful view of her because uh, she came towards me and then she stood still for some time and I was able to have a good look of her. Uh, she actually started on the original old nun's walk, which is in the back garden of some people's bungalow. And uh, she disappeared in the back of the bungalow and then she reappeared came across into the rectory part. Actually, she finished up behind the rectory and disappeared in, the, in some shrub. But the nun, oh, when she's looking at you, she's not seeing you at all. She's not seeing you. Even when she was supposed to stand in the old days of Harry Price, stand looking at the rectory window, she's not seeing the rectory. She's in her own period. She's seeing something that's there in her period. Mm. And that's why she appeared about a foot from the ground, which I... She wasn't on the ground. Well, she was a foot above it. Now, this was due, I'm sure, to the original level. Uh, since then, the ground has sunk. So, I would say she was at the original level in her, in her period. So, there you go. That's pretty that's, interesting. Yeah, that, and that's the story mm. of Borley Rectory. Um, let's talk about this clip, but I just wanted to say, uh, I'll list, if you're interested in learning more about this, I'm going to put the list of sources from this uh, research in the show notes, but... I love that idea that, um, and that's why I wanted to include it, the idea that this nun is actually, it's sort of a time loop thing that we're seeing her in yeah, her Yeah, that's right. Time. She's not seeing what's in the present. She's just, it's its like an old visage of her back in the day looking at something. Yeah, weird. Yeah, that's cool as hell. Yeah, I, I mean, love the idea scary. that the reason they appear to be floating is because they're actually <laughs> walking on the ground level from 200, 300 years ago. Mm. Yeah. Damn, that's weird. So, Mike Mitchell, Mitchell, what the <laughs> hell is that? I can't even say your name anymore. I'm so scared. Yeah, what is this? What's going on here? You're the you are the haunted house expert. What what's your take? I I, I I'm scared. I don't know. I have no idea. I it, it's it's you know it's almost midnight over here. Now I'm fucking gonna be <laughs> up till three in the morning. Just terrified. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I think I, I, I mean, I'm trying to figure out the, if you brick someone, if you brick someone up, if you, if you brick someone into a room as, as punishment, I feel like, uh, right. That is, that's how this supposedly started with the nun, right? That's, that's the legend. That's the myth, but there's real, there's no real evidence that a Benedictine monastery ever stood on those grounds. Now they know that the church has may have have been there as early as the 12th century or a church that it's been a holy ground but there's no and in fact when they've dug one they actually went in and uh, excavated beneath Borley rectory and they found the foundations of the previous rectory that had burned down in the 1840s i do find it fascinating that both rectories burned to the ground in the same spot that's kind of creepy um for sure and they did they did find bones under there as well they found um i I believe it might have been even harry price in one of his investigations found uh I, i can't remember who this was exactly but they found a jawbone of a woman that looked like had a really bad tooth infection 
And so there's some theories that maybe the nun looked so sad and dour because she had a really bad tooth infection and died from that. So we, the, the, those are the that's the legend of her being bricked up but there's no real evidence that that actually happened i like the story of the of the monk and the nun getting it on and and that's that's kind of that's a fun that's i want to believe that version of it but uh very scary (laughs) i i i uh i you maybe had said this but how where where whereabouts is this in like location to london this is is in essex so essex is it's it's not london it's out um let me let's just take a little google because i don't know off the top of my head essex to london let's go look so uh, obviously some of our listeners will know this but um it's about 40 my uh, 49 miles uh uh east of london almost almost a straight shot wow it's worth the visit i feel like if i if, I, if i'm back in in england I totally would, i would drive out and check it out Absolutely. I would too. I mean, this is my jam. Like when I go to London, when I go to England and it's been a while now, I like to go see the haunted stuff. Like give me the spooky ookies. That's what I, that's what I'm into. Hell yeah. Um, uh, and I want to thank uh, my friend and listener, Neil McLean, for suggesting this week's story. He, this was a story that uh, he's from England, and he said he would grow up. There were always stories and documentaries about this on TV, and as a child, he was terrified of it. So I thought this was a pretty cool one to investigate for. Yeah, that's this is this is conjuring-worthy, conjuring four or yes. whatever. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just uh, predates... Um, you know the the people that live there. You know predates the the Warrens by about you know forty years. Ah, yeah, but, maybe the Warrens' it, grandparents or something are there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do a pretty cool. The Warrens go back in time. Yeah, sure, yeah time why travel. Why not? Why not? Uh, Mike Mitchell, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. It's been a real pleasure having you. Those were some killer stories. Uh, where can people find you? You can find me on uh, on Twitter, um, B Day Boys Mitch uh, on Twitter, and then on Instagram, um, my name's Mitch M Y N A M E S Mitch M I T C H. So uh, check it out, and then Doughboys the podcast uh, is uh, you can find it all your uh, podcasting apps, and it's it's on Apple Podcasts uh, every every Thursday we do a new episode, and then on Tuesdays we have uh, Patreon the Doughboys Double. You can check that out too. Fantastic! Sweet. I think I. I think I called it the Doughboys, but it's Doughboys, right? Yeah, Doughboys, sure. Yeah, it's, huh. just, it's just like us, Bigfoot Collectors Club. There's no the, so I apologize. Um, you guys can find us at Bigfoot Collectors Club on Instagram, at Bigfoot Pod on Twitter. Bryce Riley, anything to plug? That music video is coming. It's almost done finally, Ooh. so uh, it's coming soon, Sweet. baby. Sweet, cannot wait. Uh, right. Yeah, I'll plug my game again, sure. Uh, I invented and developed a game. It's an adult party game. It's a fucking riot. Just go to thedpcugame.com to learn more about it. It's going to be available this fall. Dirty Picture Cover-Up. Great. And I failed to mention it last week, but we recently did a couple on-camera like Zoom shows. Uh, one with Adela Levine, medium and intuitive, over on her YouTube channel. I think it's just YouTube slash Adela Levine. Go check that out. That was a really fun conversation. And then we spoke to Aaron Sagers, or Sagers for um, a program he's doing with Den of Geek called the Paranormal Happy Hour. So I'm going to throw up both of those uh, links in the show notes, check those out. It's a rare video uh, appearance or on-camera appearance by the Bigfoot Collectors Club. Uh, do us a favor. Go to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Rate the show. If you do, we might read it right here on the show like this one. Five-star review. Come for the High Strangeness by Modded Turtle 666 
Stay for the stories of Michael getting uncomfortably stoned. Love these boys. Kisses. Thank you very much. There you go. Um, there you go. All right, guys. Uh, this ends an- another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club. There's still more zombie Bigfoot's Crypt to Crypt to come as the month continues. I want to thank one more time, one last time, Mike Mitchell for being here. We scared him so much. He'll never be back on the show. Uh, but until <laughs> until next week, good night. And go get regressed. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate Thanks, guys. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.